This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Gohan from Dragon Ball Super, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Excuse me, Gohan, this is more of a narrator type thing. Uh, okay. Just do it more like a next time on Talk Time Live. Uh, next time on Talk Time Live. Don't quit your day job, Gohan. This week we have news on the latest indie games coming to the Nintendo Switch. Dragon Ball Xenoverse 2 returns with another massive free expansion pack coming soon. I continue to play through Marvel Avengers Beta. And in our final stage review, I take a look at the first episode of Netflix high score docuseries on video games and talk about why the African-American community should be pissed. All this and more as ACMG presents Talk Time Live Extra Select Start. Welcome to the show to give you all the news, views, and opinions in the world of gaming. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live Extras. So let's start with your host, Xavier Josiah. Power up and game on. Everybody and welcome back to another episode of Select Start. I am your host, Xavier Josiah. I hope everybody's having somewhat of a great week. Uh, truth be told, I actually wasn't going to do a episode of Select Start this week because there wasn't that much information to talk about or news to talk about, I should say. And lo and behold, there was <laughs> some uh, interesting news came up, and I figured I could talk about uh, the Marvel Avengers beta. Uh, for this week as it is available for everybody this week so we'll be talking about that uh but something came up majorly that i decided to do this and i figured i had to i was actually going to wait till next week to talk about this but uh you know netflix came out with their docuseries called high score which i highly recommend everybody check out it's a six episode docuseries and and we're going to talk about this uh in our final stage review by the way uh but i just wanted to talk about it briefly here um and something sparked me about it that i felt it i it was warranted uh me to that warranted me to want to talk about it here uh so we're going to cover the first episode of that show in our final stage review and there's a reason because out of all of what i saw there was one thing that i saw that really pissed me off and i was i will plead ignorance to this and uh, apparently upon my you know talking about this there's a lot of people who didn't know about this uh who are not a part of the inner circle of gaming you know there's there's the inner circle of gaming uh which is usually the developers per se and there's a certain minority of hardcore historians and such but not enough to to what this what i've discovered in this documentary was astounding and alarming and upsetting for a lot of reasons but we'll get down to that uh as a and i'm saying this as a as a black man or as a black person in the black community i was highly emotional and pissed 
by this discovery um, and, and why this hasn't been heavily talked about more but we'll talk about it uh in our final stage reviews but we have some news to talk about of course the nintendo indies world presentation came out this week and you know this was at the time the only big news that we had at the time and to me i just felt like it just wasn't enough to talk about because as much as i love the nintendo direct presentations the video presentations that they do the indie world presentations sometimes can be lukewarm I should say in a sense as far as you know newsworthy things to talk about so it's to me it's a side dish of information in comparison to a lot of other things that we talk about but luckily some because i waited for so long a lot of other great news came out this week that we're going to talk about so let's get down to it let's talk about the indie world's presentation and what i thought about it hosted by two voices uh arika and tyler uh they didn't they never showed their face they were just narrating uh voice you know voiceovering at this point uh so a lot of interesting games that came out and i do love the indie world news for one thing is like nintendo's major support of indie games from uh from day one two you always get to see some really intriguing and creative things and when it comes to indie games it's more about the art of the game rather than the business side of the game and that's all i love about it. that's why i love you know interviewing people in the uh in in the indie um gaming industry you know uh culture i should say it pretty much is a subculture in its own right but uh we got to see some really intriguing ones this, is, this was the better the better indie world uh presentations that i've seen for instance hades by giant game giant uh super giant games who are the makers of bastion translator of those two award-winning games they're coming out with another one this is another dungeon crawling adventure game uh this time it will feature cross-saving uh features as well uh no real date as to when this is coming out and they didn't really show any gameplay they just had a awesome looking art style uh with the main character on there and such uh it looks i i'm looking forward to it because i love bastion uh beat i loved and beat bastion i love translator although i will admit i never really beat translator uh but they were awesome games and they did set a standard for that style of genre of games and i love bastion because the narration all through the game was just awesome so i'm i'm intrigued to see what they're gonna do next with this hades game that's coming out this fall so no date for that and that, let me say the other thing I like about the Nintendo Direct and the Indie World games is that not only do they have some surprises, but a lot of times they have games that will be announced to be available the day of that uh, uh, the day of the uh, the presentation. So um, we also got Hypnospace Outlaw, uh, which is like a point and click game. It's coming out August twenty seventh, which is next week. Um, there is a de- demo available right now, so if you're interested in that, you could have checked that out on the uh, eShop. Spirit Fair by Thunder Lotus, uh, a magical 2D scrolling adventure. Your character leaves uh, the fantasy world behind. This is the story I'm, I'm mentioning. So your story is your character leaves the fantasy world behind, but spends one last time with her imaginary friends before leaving them forever. This sounds like a coming of age story and which is kind of an awesome thing i think this would be a great game for kids to play when they have that situation where because everybody you know as a kid grew up with imaginary friends and you created your own world inside your mind and there's a time when you're gonna have to let it go there's a time when reality sets in and sometimes i wish we could stay in our imaginary worlds because of what's going on in the world right now but lo and behold this game is available now so you're able to check it out 
uh, and see how it goes from there. Garden Story by uh, Pico Graham is coming out 2021. No real big information on that. Uh, Subnautica. Subnautica 2 uh, Below Zero by Unknown World Games. Uh, it's a first-person adventure game that takes you under the sea. Uh, it's coming 2021. Now, it's interesting because I don't know if this is a new game with two different games coming out or this is uh, a game that's already prior to. I didn't look that up, but it is coming. It's coming in 2021 on a Nintendo Switch. Uh, so definitely check it out. Takeshi and Hiroshi uh, is a 2D side-scrolling RPG. Uh, you are a game developer creating a game that makes his brother happy. I thought this was cute. So I made it actually want to jump on on this. It's saying like a really cute game with it. This, this, is, this is a narrative heavy based game definitely so uh i I really like the way that they're going to be doing this this game i have to get uh in representation for my wife who is from india um raji which is an which is uh an ancient epic game created by india developer naughty it's starring a female adventurer with many powers and abilities. Uh, this is going to be interesting. They showed it, um, the presentation. The I believe the CEO of her. Stunning, <laughs> by the way, I must say. Um, and I love that this is a huge representation. In, in, India is actually in game developing, and this is awesome. Um, I'm sure there probably have been other game developers. And, and the funny thing is, I remember, I don't know if it was the Game Awards, uh, maybe a couple years ago that they had a uh, a focus on game development in India and it was fe- it was all female developing group and I don't know if this is the same one but it looks uh, it's possible that this is the same development uh, company that they were doing and this game looks awesome I am looking forward to playing this it's available now as a time uh, console exclusive there's a few time uh, console exclusives that are on here uh, in this game. So which means that, you know, for a time being, it's only going to be on this on the uh, Nintendo Switch and then it's going to be released on other games. I believe Final Fantasy VII Remake has that same deal with Sony as well. So eventually it will uh, come on to the Xbox or whatever like that whenever <laughs> that'll come out. Uh, so there. So um, Bear and Breakfast. Uh, that's a interesting game that's coming out in 2021. I can't give too much of a description of what that was. A Short Hike uh, is a game that's available now, which is also a time console exclusive. Uh, Card Shark. This one, I actually am intrigued by this one. Um, this one is a card game, basically. It's base. It's a period piece card game where it where you uh cheat your way out of danger during the french uh society and the french revolution during an era it's coming 2021 the um the presentation was headed off by the game developer himself and he was also a card shark (laughs) he knew all the tricks of the trade apparently so i that's that's going to be an interesting game i like where that's going so um then we also have torchlight 3 which is a top-down action rpg coming fall this fall we got manifold garden which is a puzzle game available now we got evergate by stone lantern games which is a 2d adventure game uh you help key uh in our journey through the mystic world while also controlling time in the use of uh the soul flame 
beautiful looking game absolutely stunning looking game a lot of great you know shadowing and lighting and that features lots of puzzles in this game as well so that is available now uh you got haven which is coming out later this year it's a 3d adventure looks awesome and they ended the show with <laughs> the untitled goose game which is hilarious you got these two geese I guess you could call it because it's plural, I guess. And correct me if I'm wrong. But two, you got these two uh, goose that are just causing all types of havoc and trouble everywhere they go. It's funny as hell. I love where they were going with this. So I'm looking forward to seeing that game as well uh, coming to there. So that is all. I mean, the, the, the presentation wasn't bad. I really liked where they went with this. There was a lot of intriguing games coming out, but nothing really blow away uh, nothing I, I i would say anything uh except for raji um that may be something i i i, I well I'm, i am gonna get it uh eventually um but nothing like really boom 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 i gotta get it you know except i think th the only thing that stuck out was raji and the car shark game for me so but nonetheless there was a lot of other great quality games and if you're a third person shooter or action rpg games there's something for everybody and that's what i love about the uh indie world's uh demonstrations and, and presentations that they have and just giving people a chance to shine and i've seen no other game company do that you know in, in the fashion that they uh do it so this was the biggest surprise ever was well, sort of kind of because i follow bandai namco on uh on their on their facebook page so they do have a lot of updates some things are great some things are funny they do tease a lot of things that are upcoming they show screenshots of things from time to time uh a while back a few months ago they did show screenshots and i knew and i recognized and immediately of of the um game dragon balls universe 2 and they tend to show like screenshots of things that you've never seen before and one in particular was the supreme kai of time which we never saw before and she and it was it was a, a a image of her which looks like in game form like you get to see her in cutscenes on dragon ball z universe before but you never got a chance to play as her and it just led us to see like oh wait one are they still doing updates for xenoverse after it's been four years so <laughs> they're still doing updates on this game and two are we actually going to be able to play as the supreme kai of time and in fact that is exactly what it is because dragon ball xenoverse returns with a brand new massive expansion pack in celebration of bandai namco selling six million units of the game they are gifting us with an expansion pack that is free and this is huge dragon ball xenoverse day let me let me actually say that Again, Dragon Ball Universe 2 debuted it in 2016, which was four years ago, and is considered arguably one of the best Dragon Ball games of all time. That's due to its fleshed out story, uh, the the audio, the English audio caster in there, and they doing what they do best, the ability for you to create your own Akira Toriyama style character, and a large assortment of other play features, such as uh, the the car battle game uh that they have in there and additional stories outside of the main story mode that you get to play so all and, and just many ways to level up too as well in this game so after four years bandai namco is still fanning the fire to this game with an all-new expansion pack filled with more replay value fa uh, for fans to uh enjoy the creator 
and protector of time is stepping in play this time you get to play as uh, supreme kai of time uh in dragon bar xenoverse 2 and it's a free update which includes a new story mode and an extra mission they call it but it's a story based around a tournament that the uh supreme kai of time will be holding and you you already got me a tournament i've already said many times i love tournament stories there's tournament tournament story mode storylines are the best storylines ever because it's, it's an easy way to get to know characters better to establish characters better and to reach the the end point which is the championship to become the champion it's one of the easiest stories to ever do in a in anything <laughs> whether it's pro wrestling whether it is uh anime and that's why i think um shonen jump always does tournaments competitions in every one of their franchises if you look at yu yu Hakusho, uh they got a they got the dark tournament saga there you uh, watch dragon ball they got tons of tournament sagas even the tournament of power uh that they recently did um my hero academia naruto all of them it, the, the tuning exam from naruto they always do some type of competitional story that always establishes characters it, it really helps with story development of a particular of a particular character and if you ever wonder why you love the character mostly on uh a particular shonen jump manga or uh what is that manga or anime it's because they usually establish them through the tournament modes i mean the tournament storylines and it always works it absolutely some of the best characters you probably remember because of their interaction in a certain tournament so just think about that for a minute but that you'll get an extra mission from here you get 15 cc mascots which is a new feature that they have um so they got like uh puar or um the uh, uh the uh the uh what is the omni king i believe is gonna be on like you got these all these mascot characters that are gonna hang with you as you go around the time uh world that you're in and they get to hang around you and they get to do some really cool stuff around you um it's really it's a really cool thing so you get 15 cc mascots that are now going to be hanging around with you everywhere you go everywhere your avatar character goes you got 10 partner customizations you got 50 Cole uh, coliseum figurines for the car battle game that they have in there you got nine new techniques you got three new raid events you got three new costumes and accessories you have 13 new super souls all this is coming at um at one new package and it's coming uh believe next week it, it, it will be available next week um it, it's it's awesome it, um of course it's available on playstation 4 xbox one steam and nintendo switch so this is an awesome thing i love uh dragon ball xenoverse and i always have a hard time trying to figure out between xenoverse or fighters is my favorite dragon ball game they're both equally great i can tell you this um i like those two way better than i do kakarot kakarot was fun but it didn't have the impact that the other two and i think a lot of it stems from the fact that they had an original story mode plus there's a lot better more action in comparison dragon ball z kakarot is a bit repetitive in his in his gameplay and i get what they were trying to do with that but at the end of the day it didn't and then furthermore the um the dlc expansion expanded story was really it, it was it was not impressive at all i wasn't i was not impressed at all in fact when i reviewed it last time if i correct i think it got like a b minus or a c 
if I'm correct, because I was just, it was short and unimpressive. It, it, it just didn't do anything for me. So hopefully the other expansion pack for that game will be better, but nothing compared. It, it can't be compared to what they're doing with this. This is awesome. Uh, also, I should note, I didn't put this on my notes, but Master Roshi is coming. Speaking of Dragon Ball Fighters, he's going to be the newest character available on uh, for Dragon Ball Fighters. So they, you know, credit to uh, Bandai Namco. They are working heavily on the new content. Uh, I should also say that My Hero Academia has their new character as well. Forgot her name, but she is the mechanic uh, or um, that works on all of the uh, all of the costumes that the uh, heroes have on My Hero Academia. I played her. wasn't too impressed with her. She's honestly, she's kind of a she's nerfed before they even had her. She she can't beat everybody in the game. So. Um, very oddly weird on how to handle her in that game. And I forgot her name. Forgive me for that. But she is available on air too uh, on My Hero Academia. So they, Bandai Namco, to their credit, have been working extremely hard. And not only that, Captain Sabasa, Rise of the Champions, is coming out next week. And I will absolutely be uh, I can't wait to play that game because that's going to be the follow up to uh, Marvel Avengers that uh will be officially coming out on the fourth but i believe i'll be able to play it on the second so i am so looking forward to that game uh and everything speaking of that the last thing i do have to talk about is the marvel avengers beta update uh so i got a chance to play it uh yesterday and i it it does play better than it has before they managed to fix a lot of things that was going on with the original they fit um some of the updates for 1.5.0 in the beta was fixed rare issues playing uh players losing certain gear uh additional matchmaking improvements rare crashes and fixes um they also moved uh enable matchmaker prompt to occur after the war table is unlocked now interesting i never had these i didn't detect these issues myself uh, some people have but uh, they also added a link to first party store to um, the main menu as well. So a lot of that was been added. I did feel at this time around there were better balancing uh, to certain uh, 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 characters. Iron Man was a was much better playable this time around. I really enjoyed the way um, I got to play as him this time around. So. I really, I, th- I thought it was awesome. I thought it was uh, awesome. The game, because before when, it, you know, after you played the game, they ask you to rate it. And some of the, some of the stages that I played was a little bit too hard. And then some of, some of the characters felt like unbalanced. My favorite characters to play was um, Miss Marvel at the time and followed by uh, Black Widow. I thought their, their, their uh, moveset was a lot more balanced to play. And I was able to get through a lot more better stages with those two. Um, I do like the way you're able to swing like Spider-Man with both of those characters, by the way, especially uh, Miss Marvel, how she's able to stretch out and swing to different areas. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, But otherwise, you know, the other characters, Hawk was big, but bulky and it didn't feel and even though he was bulky, he was still a lot, you know, hard to really maneuver around to some cases. Uh, Iron Man 2, I, I, I felt like he was a little bit harder to uh, balance, but this week, much better, much better balance. I had a better experience uh, using him uh, in the game and uh, Hawk as well. So uh, I did rate those a five this time around. So it's getting better and it looks like they're at the point that it's going to come out. I think. I don't I, I can't speak on the full game, but 
and the thing is is that i did i never had to play a beta of of marvel ultimate alliance uh three i never got had to play a beta of spider-man uh for the ps4 the insomniac game uh version of this so i it's gonna be interesting because now that i get an early checkout of this game as opposed to i was already i had a hunch that both of those games um was going to be awesome so i didn't need to play a beta but you know i it's going to be interesting to see where because right now i'm feeling like this is not going to be an arkham this is not going to be like an arkham level this is not going to be spider-man level it's going to be interesting to see where this lies within the realm of recent uh you know comic book inspired games or in in particular marvel games as well so but nonetheless it's getting better it always it looks phenomenal uh the ba- it is a lot better balancing and the cameras uh much better to control this time around so we'll see it's coming we got uh, about a couple more weeks at least uh one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Eleven days for those who actually uh, are who or pre-ordered, uh, and thirteen for those who did not. For who's going to get it day one? So, um, I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to be heavenly on it. I'm the story looks awesome. They haven't revealed all of the voice actors that are on here, but I swear to goodness, I I, I hear Fred Tattish are in here somewhere. So we will see. But nonetheless. Uh, so far so good with the game and uh it's coming out very soon so get ready folks that will do it for this portion of the show we're going to take a break come back and talk about the first episode of netflix's new docuseries high score and there's a lot to talk about there especially if you are an inspiring black game developer we'll talk about that right after this Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, the voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Hebert, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go! Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on Talk Time Live.com. TalkTimeLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTimeLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live! folks we are back with our final stage review and it is my review of high score the first episode of high score netflix's new docuseries covering the history of video games and if you're a gamer i definitely recommend you check this series out uh, i've only got a chance to see the first episode but this 
episode was nothing short of polarizing in my opinion um there was a lot to cover and here i thought they did a great job and it and they produced it in such an awesome way they had a lot of uh visual effects and cgi effects going along with it to give it that dramatic feel so i love what they did with that but they also did something that i have not seen ever of all the years that i've watched documentaries whether on netflix whether it was on uh you know g4 uh articles that i've read i've never heard of the name of jerry lawson and we will talk about that thoroughly down as we get to that point and trust me i'm going to warn you guys now i may be doing a little bit of ranting on this because upon my discovery of this uh i was very emotionally upset <laughs> by a lot of things in particular i do have i i praise netflix but i also i am kind of mad at netflix as well for not covering this a little bit further uh but we're gonna get down to it we're definitely gonna get down to it and talk about it here so let's let's start um they start with the atari uh debacle they that's how it starts off and uh they get down to it and talking about that situation with howard scott Warsh uh warhol and uh his situation here so that's gonna be the top subject of this game but it really covers the start of everything you know it, it episode one is entitled boom and bust and basically talking about the boom period of video games to the bust which was him so they cover all this but in between in the middle of all there's a little trinket of this they talk about one huge aspect that they kind of mentioned but didn't gloss over it to talk about his situation here as well so uh, they start off talking about uh, some really cool stuff like uh, Tomohiro uh, Nishikado, who is the creator of Space Invaders, and credits his vision of the game based on H.G. Wells' War of the Worlds. And you can easily see that. If you know what War of the Worlds is, it's one of the most epic books you could ever talk about and they even made a radio show about it ages ago which was done by orson wells uh if you're a transformers fan you know him as unicron uh but he was this man was responsible for scaring the hell out of america because they made a radio show with him talking about it was a fictitious radio news show talking about aliens were entering coming uh you know were invading the world and it people thought it was this is this is how it was back then people thought it was real and in fact it was just a radio show telling uh, talking about a you know this book <laughs> it was hilarious when you think about it but it, it will never be imitated that something we, we we are way more intelligent than that and the only way they could do that is it, i i think they could do that again but it had to be to a whole nother level and it would cost millions for them to try to convince us that that is real but the game space invaders was so popular that arcades or um were known at the time as vader houses which i never knew it was very interesting uh reports of the game being so popular that there were co a coin shortage in japan awesome awesome accomplishment on his behalf um he also shows uh his illustration book that he still has to this day with the original sketch concepts of the space invader designs that he was uh creating for that he was developing for the game headed to the atari 2600 and by the way we're going to talk about that as well <laughs> as a bundle pack and made huge sales worldwide then 
uh, a, a, they segue over to uh, somebody named Becky or Rebecca Heinemann, um, who in the 1980s, um, she won the Space Invaders Regional Championship. She talks about how uh, video games uh, found solace and peace when playing. A lot of us can, uh, you know, empathize with that. She won her way to the finals in New York. So they talk about that briefly as well. They go on to talk about the uh, how important getting the high scores was in the 80s, which I, I to this day, I love because that was the only, you know, back in the 80s, games didn't have endings. Games didn't have uh, cinematic endings or narratives or whatever like that. It was just you, there was a very short narrative to a game, but the biggest, it, the biggest thing that people stress, what made you so popular in arcades was getting the highest score. Guinness Book of World Records, because it was a book at the time, used to have the world's record for Pac-Man, for Donkey Kong, for, you know, and we, we still have that to this day. Um, but that, you know, back in the 80s, the high score was the thing that got you, that made you popular. And I mean, popular, like so popular, like you could actually get laid for, <laughs> for getting the high score in Pac-Man or, uh, you know, Donkey Kong or whatever like that. Like you were that famous. They, they made it a big deal about that. Now, it's not really that much of a big deal because most games are based are narrative based and they have um, they you know, it's all about ending the game and find and reaching to the end and learning and getting the cinematic uh, treat of, you know, getting this massive produced theatrical ending to a game uh I mean, there are you know the achievements and trophies now that they have but i don't think they carry any as much weight as they did in the 80s i i i don't play to make achievements i don't care about the achievements there's no incentive for me to get an achievement it's just bragging rights it's, it's not even bragging rights that'll get you anywhere like if 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 we still had a scoring, if games went by a scoring system to this day, yeah, maybe. But, you know, now we have e-competitions where it's all about, you know, beating the highest, beating the person in Street Fighter or beating the person in Overwatch or stuff like that. You know, there are some other records to be broken now other than a high score. And let, let it be known that like the Space Invaders regional competition was like the first e-sport ever. Uh, you know, that, that was like the, the original esport competition. It wasn't as elaborate as it was now. In fact, it was, they explain in the documentary how it's not held in stadiums like it is now. It was held in malls. And they, I love that they showed all these glimpses of, uh, 80s malls and with the people wearing the 80s gear and all the stuff. This is, you know, that wasn't just an episode of the Goldbergs. That was real life. <laughs> the fashion, all of that. So, um, they talked about how the arcade era began and they talk uh, I mean, during that time uh the video game industry was raking in about five billion dollars even during that time that's huge uh that is an insanely a huge amount of money as far as you know you talk about especially inflation today that'd probably be a lot it's definitely a lot more than it was then they cover the story of doug mccray and Steve Golson, and I forgot the, uh, the, there was a third guy that they spoke about too. Uh, these guys were MIT dropouts that brought arcade games to dorms and made money off it because they it made so much money that they wound up paying tuition with it. Um, they realized that they began to lose money because gamers were becoming so good at the arcade games. Uh, you know, arcades were starting to lose money as well. So what they, what the two did was they create, 
they created enhancement kits to create more of a challenge and additional things to games to bring in more money for arcades. So they alone are also, you know, historical and revolutionary in their own rights for helping economically, you know, uh, in, in the gaming industry for that. So, you know, kudos to them for that. And, uh, to this day it's like they they've started with i believe they said they started with missile command um you know to try to get that in and and notice that people were beating missile command even more they also mentioned that mit was the perfect place for missile command because it helped you know it 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 assimilated to what they were doing as far as engineering and such for that so they you know a lot of students there like that a lot better as opposed to other games that they brought in like pinball and all that stuff back then um they sold these enhancement packs to RK owners, resulting in a quarter of a million dollars a year. Or, or was it a month? I think it might have been a month, actually. So, I mean, yeah, that warranted them to, like, say, we don't need school at this point. They already know what they're doing. They already making a profit off of what they're doing. So, there you have it. Um, they decided to create their own company as a result of that as well and focus on making another enhancement kit for Pac-Man. But they needed the permission. So that's this is when the documentary then tra- uh, segues over to Pac-Man creator Toru, Toru uh, Iwantani, legendary uh, in his own right. You know, he created Pac-Man, one of the most iconic characters in the industry. You know, I have his Amiibo uh, in my office right here <laughs> to tell you right there. Um, but he talks about how he created a game, which is well documented. I'll, you know, I think there are way more gamers out there that know about his legacy than anybody in this documentary so far um doug mccray and steve golson is i i consider like insider like we didn't know about these guys until what they've done maybe a few there's a you know there's levels of the gaming industry and um of the game community that would know certain people i i highly believe that they know about uh toru uh iwantani more than these guys and more than the other people i'm going to mention as well and, and as well as Becca, uh, Rebecca, uh, Becky Hyman as well. Um, you know, he talks about how he created it through, you know, the slice of pizza. That's, you know, that, that, that history is well doc is as documented. It's almost as, uh, like Stan Lee creating Spider-Man or, uh, fantastic four in this case, it's that it's up in that level. Uh, they also talked about the overwhelming popularity of Pac-Man resulting in his own theme song, Pac-Man Fever, which I used to have the old small, I used to have the record of that back in the day, as well as endorsements from Coke and his own Saturday morning cartoon, which I absolutely love. And by the way, the Pac-Man, I believe the Pac-Man Saturday morning cartoon that we all love that led to the Pac-Land video game in arcades, that cartoon is available on Apple uh tv you can you can buy that series on here and i actually may do that and look back at that as well i used to love it was one of the only video game cartoons out at the time uh before space ace and before uh dragon dragon layer came out i think later on and then they started doing captain n and all the stuff um but pac-man was the deal and that's how you knew how big of a deal you know that you know that character was so then they go to uh norland uh burn uh bushnell who uh, another figure in the game and industry that a lot of people know about the godfather of video games um is what he's normally considered he comes to talk about how he created atari now this is interesting this is gonna this is where it gets interesting here he created atari 
that's awesome. Well known. And the crazy stories behind, if there are documentaries out there, in particular, one of the most famous documentaries that came out a few years back, which talks about Atari and everything that they've done, like, which is like Wolf of Wall Street worthy in a sense of how crazy they were doing, you know, the crazy things that they were doing and how they were conducting business uh, with employees, you know, the, the cocaine uh, stories, all that stuff. It's, it's almost Wolf of Wall Street worthy in a sense. Um, but, you know, Atari sold the company, how he sold the company to Warner Communications, how they sued Doug and Steve uh, for $5 million, claiming that they stole the idea, their, their enhancement kit idea via copyright infringement and i don't know how that came about but okay atari also settled the suit and offered them to hire you know to hire them because when you when you're settling what does that tell you what does that tell you about atari atari (laughs) start after listening and learning about atari it almost reminds me of all right i'm not i shouldn't compare them to wwe in a sense of how they conduct business because i to to vince mcmahon's credit there's not many people running around you know doing what they did these guys went balls to the wall crazy vince mcmahon is a little bit more conservative but he's still not out of the ballpark of you know total innocence in what he's done in his company but as far as when it comes to like trying to sue somebody for certain things that he's trying to gain power controlling and you're using your money and your power to get to that's where i would compare them to in this case um so they tried to sue them for five million it somehow settled into them working for them and you know which was crazy doug and steve wanted to make uh the atari version of pac-man but needed the permission of the uh of uh, itawani in order to do it so uh, because it was owned by Mid- uh, Midway Games. Somehow they were able to do that, but they created Miss Pac-Man in the midst of all this uh, instead. So there's that. Then the documentary goes back to the Space Invader National Championships where Rebecca, uh, you know, wins. So they covered that part as well. Uh, and, you know, that was a great story. That was an absolutely great story on that note right there. But then we get this this it had to be no more than less than five minutes even i would dare say four minutes of jerry lawson somebody i did not know about and I, lo and behold a majority of people did not know about there's a lot of people there are people who knew about him but it's in the inner circle of the game and development industry and this I, I, I'm, I'm a, I, look, I'm a big game fan. I'm not a game historian. I am a gaming fan. And most gaming fans only know why they love video games, but they don't know the history of it. And if you're a black man or a black kid or a black gamer in general, cause you know, there are female, you know, uh, gamers who are black as well. And you just love the games. You know about Capcom. You know about Atari. You know about Bandai Namco. You know about Sega. You know about Microsoft. You know about all of these people. You know who Cliffy B is. You know, who, you know Howard Scott Warhol uh, Warshaw is. You know some of the people in the industry, but you didn't dig deep enough. And I am, I'm not afraid to. Uh, I plead my ignorance 
I did not know about Jerry Lawson. But come to find out, a lot of other people didn't. In particular, a lot of people in our industry, in our community, I should say, did not know about Jerry Lawson. Jerry Lawson is talked about within the inner circles of the gaming industry. Jerry Lawson is not talked about by Sonic Fox or, you know, um, or uh, I was going to say CM Punk. I forgot. Uh, I forgot the dude's name. Uh, PM, uh, you know, the, the champion from Philly. He's not talked about because I don't think they even know. I think if they would have known, I think they would have talked about him for uh, further, especially Sonic Fox, because he, you know, he uh, he is both black and gay. And I would assume that he would definitely talk about and represent not only both the LGBTQ community, but also, you know, the black community as well. But I don't I have reason to believe that he possibly doesn't know about it. And if he did, shame on him for not mentioning it. But Jerry Lawson is a black developer who lived in the Silicon Valley, who created the a game console called Channel F, which is in fact the very first game console ever in 1976. He created the technology. Get this. And why I'm pissed off about this. He created the technology that allowed interchangeable cartridges to play in a game console. That concept, it took him six to eight months to create. That concept, that technology is being used today. It's being used from Atari. It's being used in ColecoVision, in television, Nintendo, Entertainment System, Sega, 3DO, Turbo Graphics, uh, you name it, PlayStation, 1, 2, 3, 4, and soon 5, Xbox. That technology was developed by a black man named Jason, oh, I'm sorry, named Jerry Lawson, forgive me. Why are we just now finding this out in 2020? Why is this just now being spoke about in 2020 in, in, in the fashion that it did? And, and I've watched so many documentaries and apparently I might have not have uh, watched enough. I've read books. I had Chris Milosinas on this show at some point. And I got to go back and see if he actually wrote about uh, him on here. I, I, I don't. Re- I've been to the Art of um, Video Game exhibit. I don't remember seeing that console on there. I, I got to look back. I got I believe I do still have my pictures of that uh, event. But I got to look back. I got to check on that. But I digress. I have never heard of Jerry Lawson. Not once. And I've watched a ton. I watched G4 back in the day. I loved, I talked about how much I love their documentaries. I don't recall ever seeing anything about Jerry Lawson. Ever. I went on to my Facebook group, did a five minute breakdown of emotional breakdown about this guy. People were commenting didn't know about him some people actually did some people were ashamed that they did and didn't you know shout him out even more we'll actually talk about some of the comments on that on our on our acg facebook group in a minute i think i'm giving more time than i had on that netflix (laughs) uh, documentary about this but upon this discovery atari took the idea and eclipsed them again using their power of money to work on creating the Atari 2600. 
not recognizing anything, any work he put into it. We never got a chance to see what would have happened with the Channel F uh, console. He is survived by his son, Anderson, and his daughter, Karen, who appeared in a documentary because in 2011, he passed away due to uh, diabetes. Another thing that is killing our community. I can't say enough about how upset I was that another man, uh, another black man in history, another black historian has created something so major that is making billions of dollars for a community, for a industry. And it's just been glossed over. And I, again, I appreciate that Netflix has brought that. I had this conversation with my wife and, you know, we can't deny, you know, they brought it up. They mentioned it. They called him the unsung hero. It is absolutely correct. But what is unfair is just how much coverage that he should have gotten in this because his idea to this day is making billions including even the digital distribution portion of it the idea and concept that we are able to make to have different interchangeable cartridges and and be able to build on a library of games which helps economically the gaming industry because back then we only had pong i actually owned a pong game i was a kid back then my family owned a pong game series so you had one game you had this little analog you know uh, joystick and all you had to do was turn from uhf to that and that's all we had there was no interchangeable games at the time otherwise you would have to go to the arcades to play different games and there it wasn't until he created channel f and was able to have interchangeable cartridges but we never knew about it a lot of majority of us never knew about it and it's upsetting because we are living in a world right now, in a country, I should say, that is built on racism, is built on systemic racism, and it is built on the idea that, you know, we don't contribute in value to this world. That we're that the value that we do have, it's being stifled. And this is another thing. I mean, many people talk about what Elvis has done. You know, Elvis is supposed to be the king of rock and roll, when in fact that his ideas came from the music of black musicians he took it had a better production had had all the things that he needed all the tools that he needed to be to in advertisement and promotion to make it seem like he was the one this is another one do you know this is huge this is he should be celebrated way bigger than what has been said than just that little five minutes segment less than five minutes segment or anything i heard that you know from this point that he actually had you know there 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 are like dedicated grants and sponsorships but that's in within the realm of the developers no this man needs a a documentary of his own this man needs a movie of his own this i should not have and other people should not have just learned about him. This is inexcusable. This is one of the things that we are fighting for right now. I've been fighting for my own value for years. And it is it has brought great strain doing so. 
but with it it also has brought great rewards and value because i would not stop and i am never stopping to do so and it's just it's, it's really unbelievable it's really really unbelievable how this has happened how we just how i'm just now learning about it but also other people i like i said I went on to the acmg facebook group found out about them and people are learning about him for the first time and then other like so far two people have come and said that they have well one in particular uh had had admitted because he's a game developer himself he's a black game developer himself that he knew about it but felt bad that he didn't also you know bring the praises this this man it's not like he created a game engine it's not like he created uh, a video game that was iconic he created the foundation of what we are playing today and how we are playing that should not be glossed over this is what we're fighting for and this is why and i hate to i hate to transition this and segue this into a political type of situation but this is why we as black americans as african americans as the youth of america needs to vote because if you want to fight for equality this is one of the reasons why we should fight for equality and why people like Jerry Lawson should not be glossed over for their contributions. It's a damn shame. I mean, this made me think a lot. And, and, and one of the things that I'm thinking about is like trying to find up and coming black developers. And I actually do have a few that is coming up, but just more inspiring people come up. We had Jeffrey Thorne in here. We had a few other people in here. Um, that has you know made it in but i i'm more intrigued to want to make sure that we i think it's our responsibility to try to bring more a, attention to up-and-coming black developers and 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 it, not even just black developers but people of color as well because we we need to be represented way better than we are right now so we got a chance to talk, which I, I this was the most polarizing thing to me. I saw this and I'm not joking. I burst out and cried because not only for the fact that I didn't know who this guy is, but what he's done to the industry and how he got he didn't get his just due. He, he I watched the Game Awards every year, every year. Love the Game Awards. Love what Jeff Keighley did. But why the hell did we not talk about? why like like why was why is there not an award why is there not any lifetime achievement award why this dude didn't just create a game he didn't just create a game engine he created the way we play games today he his technology his idea his schematics everything is the reason his patent okay is the reason why all these companies are making millions to billions all owe it to jerry lawson and we're made to look out like we don't show value or to this day i've been talking about how ign and all these other people don't bring representation in oh my god are you kidding me we're made to we're made to feel like we can't work in places like this we made to feel like all we can, only thing we could do is play these games and enjoy these games or we can compete in the e-games e-sport games or whatever we're not made to feel like we can be a part of this i watched the sony presentation just a while back during the e3 season that we were supposed to have and i watched that video and i just saw two black people in that industry that were developers or whatever and then all of them was predominantly white 
Some of them were Asian. It, it was just, it, it astounded me. But lo and behold, there's one guy that is responsible for creating the jobs, the opportunities, that, and the money that everybody's making today. It's Jerry Lawson. This is a travesty. I don't know what I can do or what I need to do. I, I will try my best to get his name out there as best I can. And if you're listening to this to this day, you owe Jerry Lawson a O of thanks if you love everything about gaming. Because yes, a black man created the way we play games today. And I'll just leave it in that for now. It's not the end. Trust me. After after talking about this segment with him they reach on fully to talk about howard scott warshaw's who created yars revenge great game at the time and the infamous et game and that led to the downfall of the industry and this is a story that we know well this story has been told multiple times so many times how the how his games were so bad that they put that and they manufactured so many games that ended up in uh in the landfill and stuff like that and you know they did a documentary on them even getting that (laughs) that that uh game from the landfill and finding them and we i actually saw one of the games in person the actual cartridges in person at uh san diego comic-con during a display so yeah it's it's heavily documented it is a great form of you know uh gaming history but damn We've heard that already. We've heard about Cliffy B and, and the Unreal Engine. We heard about, um, you know, the creators of Pac-Man and Donkey Kong and whatnot. We heard about, you know, um, the creators of, you know, Mario and Zelda and all this stuff. We know these are heavily names that we know. We talk and talk about. We don't talk about Jerry Lawson enough. So overall, overall, the episode is the first episode was awesome i will give full credit if i give any credit it's i I, this was a absolutely great uh documentary it was done in a way that i've never seen game documentaries done before they had the way that they put it together was awesome it was well uh filmed and they covered the jerry lawson segment i think if it was one negative i would give for this episode is the fact that they didn't cover you know of course they got an hour to talk about these things but the Jerry Lawson segment, I, w- I wanted it to be so much more. I hope somebody down the line realizes what this man has done and embrace it and expand it bigger because it needs to be. It absolutely needs to be. It's, it's a travesty that he's not celebrated more. Uh, it, it's just it's just sad. It's just another one of the things that we need to fix in this in our country here. But overall if i'm giving a grade to the first episode it's definitely going to be an a i would i would give it an a plus but you know I, I wanted to learn more about jerry lawson as opposed to all the other people that i've already known about and heard about from other documentaries but uh man shout out to him shout out to his family and uh hopefully down the line i get to get you know more coverage on him as well so we'll see folks that is it we actually had a show <laughs> thank you for taking the time to uh, listen to this episode and all of our episodes of uh select start um and talk time in, in general this sunday uh this is it this is uh this is dc fandom week so we're gonna talk about all of the things that has happened during uh dc fandom and uh, see what happens from there it's only going to be that so these things usually are a lot to cover 
So we're only going to be focusing on DC fandom, all the uh, all the information, all the new, uh, you know, news that we're going to get from there as well. So uh, definitely there. And lo and behold, the other reason why I'm doing this this so late is because I was supposed to have my exclusive with Josh Chernoff, who is the uh, host of So Says Chernoff on Fight TV and talking about his uh, his appearance on Retromania Wrestling. Uh, coming soon and uh, that was delayed due to some technical difficulties that occurred during the recording of that so that is we're going to try again tomorrow uh, files for some reason I'm an Xfinity uh, my provider is Xfinity he has files and apparently there has been some issues with files that has been not that has been uh, messing up on certain disruptions with uh, video quality and, and bandwidth quality. Cause I, you know, during the same day I had a conference call via video with somebody else who had files. So we put two and two together and I looked, checked my side of things. I am running smoothly hardwired based on everything. So we're going to try it again, see if we can get them back on. If not, we'll do an audio version only and uh just try from there because it might just be better but i wanted to get him on video to talk about the show and uh talk about his new show with the blue meanie as on fight tv and uh other things that is going on so uh that will be happening tomorrow uh and then the dc fandom will be monday so we're going to be extending everything going out and uh we'll check we'll check it out for there but all of our episodes will be up you can check us out on talktimelive.com as well as all the exclusive interviews on talktimelive.com forward slash exclusive if you want to subscribe and download to the show you could do so on spotify iHeartRadio, apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, stitcher podbean and tune in as well and also pocket cast so uh you can check us out there as well and might be apple music soon i'm not sure we'll we'll check on that status uh as the time goes by but you have a lot of places to check out the show so thank you guys again so that'll do it on behalf of myself this is dax xavier josiah saying learn to let go live life and love all things anime comics movies and games this is acmg presents talk time live i am out here take care and uh be safe everybody Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.